0: This this, this is the Miller Lite Cowboys Hour. Supported by Albertsons and Omni Hotels and Resorts. Brought to you by Miller Lite, the only beer of the Cowboys. It's Miller time. Albertsons and Tom Thumb, the official supermarket and pharmacy of the Dallas Cowboys. Choose VA. Veterans get the benefits you've earned. Visit choose.va.gov. And by GEICO. 15 minutes can save you 15% or more on car insurance. Now, your hosts, Shannon Gross and Brad Shaff. And welcome,
1: everyone. Keep keep applauding, Shannon. I got you. you, I got you. You're as close as we're going to get to a studio audience tonight. Uh, thank you, everyone, for joining us. This is our regular Monday night stop during the Cowboys season uh, but tonight, the Cowboys' hour is is only technically on Monday, as far as the Cowboys it's concerned. It's Thursday, but more about that in a moment. And we are not where we usually are because uh, COVID. So uh, instead of being able to be in the Ford Center uh, and have our very special guest interact with uh, the public tonight, or us for that matter. Um, Shannon and I are in the Cowboys podcast studio where we did this show from all last year. Shannon is getting his first little taste of that. Uh, mm-hmm. But this is where this is how we did it all last year with the guest remote and the hosts here. And uh, so I apologize to everyone that you folks are not going to get an opportunity to uh, personally meet uh, one of the coolest guys on this show football team, and you probably couldn't pick him out of a lineup. And those are my favorite guys. Uh, It's special team star C.J. Goodwin. Thank you, C.J. Appreciate it. Let's go, C.J.
2: All right!
3: Don't start that now, Shannon. Don't yeah, start that. Yeah.
2: I now, appreciate you guys for
1: having me. Yeah, coach. absolutely. And, and Shannon, now, of course, now is acting like he's your press agent for crying out loud. I am yeah. now, Brad. I yeah, am. It took now. me a while to get there, but I'm yeah. there. Uh, so just, just to paint the picture a little uh, uh, more fully, uh, some of you who, uh, who have um, watched Cowboys – uh, televised podcasts uh, are familiar with the look of the podcast studio it's a big oval table looks like football strangely enough mm-hmm. uh, and microphones around it and shannon and i are across from the table from each other and cj's at home because everything except practice was virtual today for the cowboys and i believe will be tomorrow and was yesterday uh, because of the the uh, covid uh, outbreak and so uh we can see cj in a little box on our screen but you can't see us can you
3: no not at all this is kind of weird
1: yeah this is, this is i weird. Yeah. trust me when i tell you that i know it's weird but you're way better off it's going to make your evening a little more pleasant that you can't you can't look at us for the next hour so just a couple of quick things in case uh, uh folks uh hadn't heard um, so Mike McCarthy's on the COVID list now, uh, tested. But he'd even moved into the Omni to, uh, s- to stay away, keep his family safe from harm, and not run the risk because there were several members of the coaching staff who had it. Mm-hmm. So now we're down two strength coaches, or wait, three, three strength mm-hmm. coaches, two offensive line coaches, an offensive assistant, Terrence Steele, and now the head coach. How about that?
2: Are you are you are you strapping it up and coaching on Thursday, Brad?
1: Well, I would if called upon because I can throw a red flag. I, I, I literally just had a good friend of mine call me while I was driving in here to the start. He said, "Are you coaching?" And I said, "Look, look, I could get. I could wear a headset. I know how to wear a headset." Uh, I could decide to kick or go. I could throw a red flag. Call timeout. Call timeout. I can listen to everybody telling me what to do. But like most of the things that have happened in the 43 years I've been broadcasting these games, Shannon, no one has asked me my opinion. So uh, Dan <laughs> Quinn will will do that uh, and and come downstairs and call the defense from downstairs. So this is one of the first things. That uh, Oh, and by the way, having nothing to do with that, but before I forget, uh, Tristan Hill's been suspended for two games by the league for the little post-game scrape he got into with the Raiders' center on Thursday. He could appeal, but right now he'll miss two games. That's how it stands. So, C.J. Goodwin, uh, let me me start off with Dan Quinn, because folks um, may not know that you— Came, well, you didn't come here directly from Atlanta, but you spent what, four years, parts of four seasons with the Falcons? Three, three seasons. With the Falcons. Three seasons, yes. and you got there the same time Dan was hired as the head coach, right?
3: Uh, the same year, yes.
1: So you've seen him uh, oper- both call the defense and operate as the head coach. And although Keanu Neal and, and uh, Demati KZ have played for him more recently, you know what it's like to play for him. You've seen him do what he's going to be doing this week. What, what should people expect? What, what's the experience going to be like?
3: Uh, we're not going to miss a beat. Um, he's a he's a great coach. He's been proven to be a, a, a great coach in this league as a head coach. Um, we're not we're not going to. We're, we're already prepared. But like you said earlier, we can go on this thing without any coaches if we need to. Um, we're, we're prepared.
1: So they're all overpaid. Is that what we're saying? Basically, they should take their salaries. and divide them
3: <laughs> I, It's not what I said. No, I'm,
1: I heard you wrong. I thought I, I thought I heard you wrong. Um, but it is weird. Uh, So you were able to practice the last two days, right, but not meet in person.
3: Right, right. We're all virtual right now, which is, you know, it just happens during COVID. We we did it last year. I was
1: going to say, so what did last year's experience uh, do to help prepare you for this week?
3: Uh, We're we're used to it. Uh, We know that it's going around the league. Um, it's been going around the league for the last two years. Uh, everybody has to do it. Um, it's you know we we just got to focus a little bit more on the internet, I guess, and
1: we'll be fine. Stay off the wrong places on the internet, by the way. You want to stay on where you're supposed to be right? <laughs> on the internet. But to tell people so if people are listening and they're and they're they've never experienced what you guys are going through this week and what you all went through last year, and they're saying, okay, well the Saints are practicing, they're meeting together. But you're not um, – I know why you, all of you, think that you won't miss a beat and uh, you'll be able – you'll go out and play with the same intensity you would have played with under normal circumstances. But explain why that's the case to people not going through this, please.
3: Um, firstly, we're professionals. Um, we, we meet forever, honestly. We, we're on the we're on the iPads forever uh we it's actually better for us we for us players to meet on an iPad than in person It's because we get a little we get to kick our feet up a little bit you know, we, we lock in it's it's so easy for us to lock in because we've been doing this for so long um we like it so we'll 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 show you on Sunday well Thursday I guess um that we're that we're focused
1: uh Good, and that gets me to the second point that I wanted to remind everyone. By the way, we thank you for listening wherever you're joining us on the Dallas Cowboys radio network or watching streamed on DallasCowboys.com. But uh, remember what CJ just said. He will show us on Sunday because the, the you think of this, all of you folks think of this as another short week for the Cowboys. No, it's a regular seven-day week with a little vacation at the end. Is it... Um, is it easier to play the second Thursday game as long as it's on a seven-day cycle?
3: Absolutely, absolutely. Thank God it's it's a seven-day week because those short weeks are, are pretty hard on your body. Um, like we, I think we had three games in twelve days or something like that. And this and this is the last stretch of it right now. So we're looking forward to this one, and we're looking forward to the little break at the end as
1: well. And, and you you have uh, you have been here for a few years now, so. Uh, you knew at least how to lie to your body to get ready between Kansas City and Thursday, but is that what you have to do? Do you have to lie to you, especially when you're a veteran like you are, do you have to lie to your body and say, no, no, it's Sunday. You 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 think you hurt, but you really don't.
3: Honestly, um, those guys are going through this. The other team is going through the same thing we're going through. So that's that's the, a lie we got to tell ourselves. Is, uh, they're feeling the same way we do. So there's no real advantages and disadvantages. It's just – Okay, we feel this way; they feel this way. Let's go out there and chop them up, and let's see what happens.
2: When you CJ, when you play, <clears throat> when you play in an environment, or you go into an environment like New Orleans, with all those crazy drunk people in Louisiana at night, screaming and yelling, and you and you know what that environment's going to be like. Does it? Does it? You know, you experience that in Kansas City. There's a few places that that NFL teams exist that are that are like that. I think Seattle. I think. You know, uh, New Orleans is one. Kansas City's one. Does it does it does it get a little <clears throat> behind you? Like, yeah, let's go down there. Let's take care of business at their place.
3: Absolutely. You love playing at those places like that with the with the crowd. You can't really hear yourself think. Uh, it's it's a wonderful place to play, and that dome kind of like keeps the keeps the noise in there too. Man, it's I, I love playing in New Orleans. I love playing in those places like that. We all do.
2: What are your What are your Give me your top three places that you have played either on the road, at home, you know you've been a lot of different stops. where Where do you enjoy? It can be atmosphere, it can be facilities, it can be teams that you like to beat up on, just anything. what What are your top three places?
3: Okay, my top three. Uh, New Orleans is three. Um, the Georgia Dome, back when it was the Georgia Dome, we played the NFC championship there and that was that was the loudest game I ever played in my life. Uh, when I was with the Falcons. Mm-hmm. And, of course, I got to go with AT&T Stadium. I mean, I, I, I'd be remiss if I, did,
2: if I said anything other than that, right? There you go. Great answers.
1: Great answers, CJ. <laughs> <DJ>. and, <laughs> and, and only what we would expect from from a man of CJ Goodwin's caliber. So before we take a break, uh, we were talking during the break before we went on the air. And um, and because CJ's such a pro, we can get into this. the The flag fest on Thursday was ridiculous for both teams. Um, but the two that were called on you at the end of the game were both <laughs> legit. You were pretty obviously offside. Um, and, and that's unusual because that you, you get very, very few penalties. But um, I was interested in what you were saying about uh, the reasons that your rush of the field goal there in overtime was, um, was what it was. It's a little different from what your rush is sometimes. And you were saying there was something you saw that led you to believe – that you had an opportunity for a block. Can you tell people about that?
3: Yes, the, the holder has a, has a whole mechanics he goes through. And um, we, we were watching, me along with some other specialists, along with the special team coaches, we were watching his mechanics. And he had like a tail. So he would lift his hand up. And as soon as he lifts his hands up, uh, they would snap the ball. And I was going off the bat instead of the ball. And, you know, I was just trying to make a play, trying to, you know, it, it was a short kick. So it was like, it's either if I get it or he's going to make it. So, uh, you know, I tried my best and it, it didn't work out. But, you know, when something you lose, so.
1: I, I would say if the Cowboys had regular captains, seasonal captains, there's no doubt in my mind that C.J. Goodwin would be the special teams captain. One of the very best special teams players in the league, and when we come back from this break, CJ, we're going to talk about uh, how you got there, because that's not necessarily what you dreamed of being when you were playing at uh, uh, California, Pennsylvania, or even when you came into the league. But here you are uh, at the top of your profession. We're going to talk a little bit about about that when we come back.
2: When it comes time to shop for tailgate favorites, go to Albertsons and Tom Thumb, get 10% off your groceries every Dallas Cowboys game day when you wear your Cowboys jersey. Albertsons and Tom Thumb, the official supermarket and pharmacy of the Dallas Cowboys.
1: And the Miller Lite Cowboys Hour is also brought to you in part by Luke Casey the official bootmaker of the Dallas Cowboys cheerleaders. And we'll be right back with C.J. Goodwin right after this.
0: Cowboys Hour, supported by Albertsons and Omni Hotels and Resorts. And welcome back to the Cowboys Hour. Brad Sham, Shannon Gross,
1: and our very special guest, Shannon's favorite cowboy, C.J. Goodwin, the special teams ace. Sh- C.J. has been Shannon's favorite cowboy for a good 30 minutes now.
2: No, about Two and a half weeks. A two
1: and a half weeks. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Two and a half weeks. Okay.
2: Where's the Where's the virtual brisket and virtual Miller Lite? I, right? I would
1: love to know that because it is time, CJ. This is we've reached the time in the program that's oh, become right. a real uh, favorite of mine, and I think a lot of other people's because Shannon does a deep dive into your background, and normally this this being a segment that is sponsored by. Miller Lite! We like to have a Miller Lite here, but they provided us no Miller Lite, so we're going to be drinking a virtual Miller Lite while Shannon Gross takes a serious, real-life dive into your Wikipedia page.
2: Yes, so CJ, this is the part of the show. This is our Miller Lite moment of the show, and normally what I do is I read off parts of your Wikipedia page and you fact check it with me and tell me whether it's correct or incorrect. And anytime we have a correction, I would take a sip of Miller Lite. So sometimes I get drunk on the show. Sometimes I, I'm parched. So you help me out here. And I'm going to need your help right out of the gate because it has C.J. Goodwin. And then it has your real first and middle name. How do you pronounce that? I'm not even going to attempt it.
3: Sharon Geraghi.
2: Sharon Jeray. Okay, it says Sharon Jeray, CJ Goodwin is an American football cornerback for the Dallas Cowboys of the National Football League and you were signed by the Pittsburgh Steelers as an undrafted free agent following the 2014 NFL draft. Is that correct so far? That's correct. Okay. It says you played college football at California University of Pennsylvania.
1: Kind of correct. Kinda. Oh wait, which parts only kinda? Uh, I only
3: played one semester there. I actually started my football, college football career at Fairmont State University. That's the college I graduated from as well.
2: Yeah, and then your your Wikipedia, whoever whoever been adding to this, they, they confuse me a little bit because we'll we'll get to that part in a minute. So you may have to mix, you may have to, we may have to change the order before we get done. So it says you were born on February the fourth, nineteen ninety, in Wheeling, West Virginia. Is that correct?
3: Wheeling, West Virginia. Yes, sir.
2: All right. You attended the Lindsley School in Wheeling, West Virginia, and began playing football. Uh, it says began playing football until your senior year. I don't know what that means, but it says you were a starter at wide receiver. In addition to football, you also competed in track and basketball.
3: Yeah, that's that's wrong. I didn't play wide receiver in high school. I played corner in high school. All
2: right. Well there's one a little bit of quarterback. There's one adjustment right there. There's our first one. A a virtual (laughs) slug of Miller Light to you, right? Chug to Miller Light right there. After graduating from high school, Goodwin attended Bethany College where you would play basketball for Bethany for two seasons and then transferred after your sophomore year.
3: Played for one season.
2: Yeah. Golly, wow. Someone has messed this. You're gonna oh, need. You're man. gonna. You're gonna need
1: a designated driver. Uh, okay.
2: <laughs> I'm riding with you, Brad. <laughs> Following your departure from Bethany, Goodwin would enroll in Fairmont State University for your junior year. But I'm guessing that's wrong. It needs to be sophomore year. Is that right?
3: No, I, I would. I went there in my junior year. It's my transfer junior year. So, okay, all right, we well, uh, got gotcha. you. I don't know what that means, but yeah. I spent five.
2: All right, very confusing, like I said. After your arrival, you played in an in- – now, this is very interesting. This is where it gets real interesting. I-, I learned a lot about you reading this. It says, you after your arrival, you played in an intramural basketball game against the school's football staff. And at the urging of your uh, father and college roommate, future NFL player Dewey McDonald, you eventually joined the Fighting Falcons football team. Is that true?
3: Yes, that is true.
2: Real. So you were discovered playing – an intramural game against the football staff.
3: Absolutely. I dunked on the football. Well, actually, my boy, E McDonald, threw a hoop, and I caught it and dunked on the head football coach.
1: And oh, I love they that. all
3: kind of made me play after that. that okay.
1: That's the closest but, thing we're ever going to get to a real-life longest yard. I, I like that. All right. <laughs> I like it. We're uh, playing the guards. Do we get to hit them? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then it's, it says
2: you did a whole bunch of cool stuff in uh, college. And then uh, after walking on your first year and having a successful season, you were offered a scholarship to continue playing for Fairmont. Yes. Okay, there we go. Mm-hmm. All right, and on to the third page. This is where it gets even more interesting, you. Have CJ,
1: you sobered up yet? Because this, we got a third page going here. <laughs> Not yet, and I'm hoping okay. I don't. So All maybe right.
2: we get a couple more wrong All here. All right, here we go. Uh, after finishing your collegiate career, you would enter the 2014 NFL Draft, and you were a virtually unknown prospect due to you playing at two NCAA Division II schools. Is that correct? Yes. So, you weren't invited to the combine, but you had a good showing at a pre draft com, uh, combine held by the Detroit Lions
3: yes we, it was like the super regional I believe I had a good pro day and I had a um, good um, whatever that was super regional Okay, yeah, we had to pay for that back then too
2: and, and here's where it gets really interesting after going undrafted and not receiving any interest I mean they killed you there no interest at all you had no interest as an undrafted free agent <laughs> that's a lie that's a lie that's a lie <laughs> <laughs> good more Miller Lite <laughs> it says as an undrafted that's a lie that's a lie as an undrafted free agent um, immediately after the draft you receive to try out with the Steelers after Mel Blunt urged them to give you an opportunity. You had attended the same high school as his son and worked out for Blunt as a farm, had worked for Blunt for, as a farmhand for seven years.
3: Absolutely true.
2: That's crazy. So, so you knew Mel Blunt from the Steelers and he talked them into giving you a tryout and that's how you made the team.
3: Absolutely. Mel Blunt's an angel. <laughs>
2: Man, all right. And then the last thing I wanted to get to, because it listed this as the last paragraph on your page, it says, uh, a lot of people probably don't know about this, and I want you to be able to talk about it a little bit. It says, you founded the the PEGA Foundation, uh, Perry Galloway Jr. Foundation, to honor your late father and mentor after his passing, at the I guess you pronounce it, PEGA Foundation is a nonprofit mentoring organization based out of your hometown in Wheeling, West Virginia. Off the field, you spend a lot of your free time mentoring the youth of PEGA and volunteering your time by speaking to schools and youth groups across the country.
3: Yes, yeah, it was co-founded by me and my sister, absolutely. Um, yeah, so it's our passion.
2: All right, one more thing, and I want you to talk a little bit more about your foundation. And it says here in the footnotes that, When you were a senior in high school, you were a basket-weaving champion in Wheeling, Pennsylvania three years in a row. Is that true? That's a big drink right there. That's yeah, a big, that's drink. A big Good. drink. Good. That's he,
1: what I was aiming for. He so. he he did, he does that every week. He <laughs> makes something up, and we want to see. And it's actually my favorite part of the entire segment. I love that. Uh, there's so much in there that I want to talk about, but I have actually one more thing that could have been from the basket weaving thing. So there's a there was a dispute. I'd like you to set the record straight uh, in the media, in the Cowboys media guide, which I have in front of me. It says you are six foot three. Is that correct? Absolutely. I don't know,
3: yeah, I got but, my hair now
1: too. But, so yeah, absolutely. But is it also is it also correct that there was a time when, in their official publications, this year, not like it's your first year, they were listing you as six one? Listen,
3: you turn thirty, and they start they start to shrink you, man. That's oh. what it is. You turn thirty, they
1: start to shrink you. CJ, you don't you don't even want to know what happens when the decades start to add up after that. Uh, so I, there's there is so much there that that I want to get into, but there's one in your professional travel log. So as Shannon said, you signed with the Steelers. That was in uh, fourteen. Uh, you first went to Atlanta in fifteen, and you were with the uh, Falcons. Uh, on the practice squad in 15, and then you were with them in 16 and 17. And then in 2018, according to this, you were with five teams. Does that sound right? Yeah. In the calendar year. At least year. five. At least five. It, uh, I, it says yeah. here. It was all during the off-season. Right. All right. So like practice squad stuff and then tra- mini camps and one of the people are always saying. Uh, but so you went bouncing around from Arizona, according to this, Arizona and then the Giants and then San Francisco and then Cincinnati on whose practice squad you were when the Cowboys first signed you. Correct. So what was that like? What, what, what motivated you to hang in there when you kept getting cut when there's no games even being played?
3: Because I honestly got, honestly God, I had one more season to get my pension. So it was all or nothing. I I I had to make sure I was going to get that pension. (laughs) before he got rid of me. That's all. (laughs) Hey,
1: that is a legit reason, man. People do not understand how that sets it. Maybe you can tell us a little bit. Once you get – is it still four years?
3: Uh, It's it's three years. It's Three years and three games. So I think it's two seasons and three games after that.
1: And just tell the people – How that affects the rest of your life.
3: You're kind of taken care of, for the most part, for, you know, once you retire uh, after 45, after you turn 45, you're kind of taken care of for the the remainder of your life. Um, There's no real point of, you know, playing for two years and not being undrafted, playing for two years and not making it to your pension. Uh, It's like you just, they give you a couple dollars and, okay, figure the rest of your life out. So getting that pension is kind of the most important thing, to, especially an undrafted player like myself.
1: So you get you get some money. None of our business how much, but you there's also big health care advantages down the road for for wow. a, a vested player, right?
3: Absolutely, I have kids, so I want to make sure they're taken care of as well. So yeah, yeah that pension was was was
2: crucial. What's the mental the mental aspect of that? cj when you you don't know like you're fighting for that pension and you know that if i can just hang in there a little bit longer and latch on with the team and then you get cut over and over and over what what's the mental toll of that like you know you you see these tough warriors out on the field and you you think they're indestructible but that's that's got to be kind of that's kind of got to mess with you a little bit not knowing like hey am, am, you know am i going to be out Selling cars next week and and not have any insurance and not you know not being able to take care of my kids. Walk us through what that what that whole mental aspects like.
3: It's it's heavy, man. It's a heavy burden. Um, I'm so grateful of my support of my support group. I come from my family, my my siblings, my mom, um, even my my close friends. That uh, they were somebody I could lean on. I could talk to about you know and am I good enough? And they always you know they always had my back. Of course they're going to say yeah, but you know they they shot me straight too. Um, saying uh, maybe that's not the best fit for you or, you know, th- th- your next stop would be your best stop. Uh, and they just they kept me going. But that mental, it's, it's heavy, man. It, 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 it it's, it's heavy. Anything in professional sports is heavy, honestly, man. So um, I'm glad you had that question, man. I appreciate that. Uh,
1: we have to take another break. When we come back, uh, CJ, I really want to give you an opportunity to talk about your foundation. And, and I also want to talk, I hear you talk about um, the the mental conversion that you make to accepting a role as one of the best special teams players in the league. Because as we said, it's not what you – you didn't leave school saying, boy, I hope I can play special teams for the rest of my life. But more than one coaching staff just with this franchise has recognized your value doing that. And so I think that's all worth uh, talking about, Shannon, and we're going to do that when we come back on the Cowboys Hour. And at the Omni Frisco
2: Hotel, you can kick off your stay at the official hotel of the Dallas Cowboys with style, cool off in the elevated pool, savor upscale comfort food at neighborhood services, and enjoy all the dining and entertainment options the star has to offer. Visit OmniHotels.com slash Frisco to learn more and turn the next home game into a weekend getaway.
1: And the Cowboys Hour is also brought to you by Papa John's. Better ingredients, better pizza. Papa John's, the official pizza of the Dallas Cowboys, and we'll be right back with C.J. Goodwin after this.
0: Cowboys Hour, supported by Albertsons and Omni Hotels and Resorts. And welcome back to the Cowboys Hour. Brad Sham, Shannon
1: Gross, our very special guest, Cowboys special team star, C.J. Goodwin. Uh, this is Thursday night for the players because the game is on Thursday, so you think it's Monday. They know it's Thursday, so we doubly appreciate your time, C.J., because I know that it's uh, the closer we get to, to game day, every minute becomes Crucial and especially in a crazy virtual imposed week like this. Let's, uh, Shannon, uh, say a little bit about CJ's foundation again. So we can get into that because I want to give you an opportunity, C.J., to really talk about that. Uh, and so we'll, we can be looking for your cleats Thursday night.
2: Yeah, the the PEGA Foundation is to honor your, your late father and mentor after his passing. And it is a nonprofit mentoring organization based out of your hometown in Wheeling, West Virginia. And it says off the field you spend... Most of your free time entering the youth uh, of PEGA and volunteering um, your time by speaking to schools and youth groups across the country. And this week is the, uh, across the league, is the My Cause My Cleats game where you guys uh, get to pick a cause, you get to paint your cleats up for one game and wear something that you, you that's out of uniform normally, but you don't get fined for this one. So, uh, CD will probably be happy for this game that uh, he can actually do something and not get fined, but... Um, your cleats are to honor your foundation. So tell us, tell us a little bit how, why did you start that, and 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 what do you do in the off season to help support that?
3: Well, me and my uh, older sister started it, uh, Chandra. She, we started it after my dad's passing um, in 2015. Um, he was real big in, co- in the community. He uh, always led the. Uh, he was a leader in the community. Honestly, um, he had a uh, uh, youth camp that ran for over 27 years um, in, in my hometown. He was very, very respected in our community. So we kind of just kind of picked up where he left off. We, we focused on exposing underexposed youth to just different things because you only know what you know, and you only know what you're exposed to. And me and her were exposed to different things because of him. Yeah, that's what led us to, you know, have a, have a more open mind and uh, to achieve the things we kind of achieved. Uh, I've I never seen an NFL player before. Uh, my dad took me to go see, to go meet an NFL player or actually a Hall of Fame which is Mel Blunt. Um, so the sky's the limit when you're exposed to those type of things, and that's what we want to do.
1: I, you know, that's another thing I want to get you to talk about. I'm going to run the risk of making uh, fans and some of my friends who have played cornerback through the years for this team um, a, a little irritated, Everson Walls and, and – uh, Going back, Mel Renfro, and and not to say anything about the guys who are here now. But I think Mel Blunt's my all-time favorite cornerback in the NFL. The guy, to look at him, uh, should never have been able to do cornerback stuff at his size. And uh, he was just a remarkable player, and I've had the opportunity to meet him just once or twice. And what a tremendous... Gentleman he is, and leader in the community. Um, you've touched on it, CJ. But how did you come to know him through your dad, and and how did he influence your your life as well as your career?
3: Well, okay, um, his we. I went to a private school in West Virginia. I was fortunate enough to, to do that. We didn't have the money to do it. I don't know how, I don't know what my dad did and my mom did. But anyway, so we I, we went to a private school and. Um, his kids actually went to the same private school. And um, my dad, I guess there were not too many black people in that school. And, you know, my dad met him and uh, introduced himself. And one day he seen me. I was 17 years old. He seen me at my little my little brother and his second son are the same age. They're playing on the same basketball team. Seen me at the basketball game. He told me to pull up my pants, take my earring out. He said, I'm going offer you a job. Um, I'm paying $10 an hour come up uh you're working on the farm and you're gonna uh, clean the stalls for that, for the horses at the time i was working as a playground instructor um on the weekends making like three dollars and 75 cents an hour so of course i took the job and ever since then we uh he became like a white like family to me i actually call him uncle um yeah so that's how we that's how we kind of met and uh, he, he's done so much for me and my family his family uh including his wife tiana has done so much for me and my family um
1: we can't take them not let's uh, let's get to CJ Goodwin's professional career. You were in Atlanta for uh, most of 3 years. Uh, they released you during the season in December in uh, 17 and uh, you you went from there actually to Arizona the Giants San Francisco anyway you're Cincinnati and then the Cowboys signed you uh, in uh, in October of 2018 and You're now a fixture here, and it's not just because the coaching staff loves you, because this is the second coaching staff that's loved you, and that's a big deal. People don't understand how significant that is, uh, because you play a kind of position where staff might have favorites, and you can be perfectly good, but I like my guy, and he's coming in. So what's been different for you in Dallas? Why have you found a professional home here, do you think?
3: um I, I think they value what I do I think they value the field position um of special teams um i I consider myself one of the best special teams players in the league um i think they i think they do that as well um I just take my job seriously uh, and i and I'm glad they let me you know go out there and, and do what i do um, that's that's pretty much it man
1: when did you embrace the idea that uh you didn't have to be an all-pro cornerback like Mel Blunt to have professional satisfaction, you could be something different, and it could involve special teams. When was that okay with you?
3: That was okay with me, honestly. The first time I touched the field with the Pittsburgh Steelers. um, I I came from D2. I played in front of maybe 300 people, 300, 400 people. Um, so the first time I touched the field at this pitch bell practice, I was like, Man, anything I can do to stick. Um, I'm gonna do. I didn't stick there. But uh I had a conversation with Mike Tomlin. He said, Hey man, well, I know you're you're a great practice player, um, but I wanna see what you do without the football in your hand, Cause I played receiver at the time. And he was like, That comes on special teams. It wasn't until I got to Atlanta with the coach. Um Keith Armstrong, the special team coach, they taught me that the ins and outs of special teams, of, of being the gunner and being the five on kickoff. Um, that I just embraced it like, Okay, I'm I'm gonna be I'm gonna be damn good at this. And um I've just been kinda using that technique ever since. And um I'm, thank God that I'm with Bones and Hat right now. That they're considered the two of the best coaches in the, in the league on special teams, and it couldn't it couldn't have lined up any better than for me, honestly.
1: But when you first came here, was it Basacha the special teams coach?
3: No, it was uh, uh, Ko.
1: Oh, it was Quinn. K. Yeah, Keith Oquinn.
3: That's my man, too. Yeah,
1: yeah, and he's and he's yeah, on he's in the too. scouting yeah, department here now. Um, so, were you nervous when this staff? <laughs> Uh, well, well, you have, you've had several, it appears, uh, would, did it, did it make you nervous when this staff came in and they, you know, you, the people who knew you were not here anymore?
3: No. Um, the first person to call me was, uh, was Bones was, uh, coach Bones. He called me during the off season. He was like, man, I consider you one of the, I, I consider you the best player at your position. Um, on special teams in the league, he was like, "Man, I would love to have you back." I, I said, "Man, that's a that's an easy call for me. I love being a doctor." So, I mean, we just got it done. Thank God for.
1: Did you turn your phone uh, off for a second? and Say, "Hold on a minute." Repeat that, please, coach, and put it on record so you could <laughs> send it to your agent. <laughs> <laughs>
3: uh, no, listen. No, no matter no matter what, we we only get paid what we get paid. We're specialists, man. We, we we only gonna get what we gonna get, man. That's all.
2: <laughs> you so you're lit, legit one of the nicest human beings off the field but if you're a special teams guy you, you, you got to have a screw or two loose, right, to, to run down there with just reckless abandon and just throw your body all around the place. Is there uh, – now, I know J-Ron, J-K, J-Ron Kurse has this because I see it every game day. He, he's a maniac on game day. He, he is a different person. Do you, do you have a switch that flips on game day where you go from being nice, cool, polite CJ to just wild man CJ, or are you still kind of that cool collective guy? You just go smack people.
3: I'm, I'm cool and collective. I'm just easily embarrassed. That's all. And I, in every rep, I was like, man, don't be out here getting embarrassed. Cause you know, I I got to hear from my, I got to hear from my family. If I get embarrassed, <laughs> So I just, every, every rep, I just don't get embarrassed. <laughs>
2: <laughs> that may be the best motivator
1: ever. I've ever heard. Did like, you, did you, how many, how many of them did you hear from on Thursday? <laughs>
3: Uh, every, every, every family member texts me and say, what were you doing? And <laughs> they don't, obviously don't know anything about my job. But right,
0: right, you right,
1: know, right. Everybody right. texts me. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You got to love it. Everybody's an expert. All right. One more break. We'll be right back with more with C.J. Goodwin on the Cowboys Hour. Want to use what
2: the pros use? Jack Black is the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys. Visit getjackblack.com today to get yours.
1: Be right back with C.J. Goodwin.
0: to the Miller Lite Cowboys Hour, supported by Albertsons and Omni Hotels and Resorts.
2: Welcome back, and if you want to use what the pros use, Jack Black is the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys. Visit getjackblack.com today.
1: Those are the dulcet tones of Shannon Gross. I'm Brad Sham, and we are just so honored and happy to have CJ Goodwin, the Cowboys special teams ace, uh, with us on uh, the program this evening on the Cowboys Hour. And, of course, this is Thursday for the players because uh, Sunday is Thursday this week. Everybody understands that, right? D- how confusing is that for you during the week? Is it? Does it get to be a little what? What day is it?
3: Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. But we just, you know, we're on a, we're on a schedule. So it doesn't matter the day. It just, it's. What is it, Thursday, I guess, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. But then you get two complete bonus days after this game.
3: (laughs) Yes, yes. We can use them. We definitely can use them. Rest that body for the long stretch.
1: Um, So um, you have, as you said, you've embraced this role as uh, the special teams player. I'm glad to hear you say that uh, Coach Fossil called you when he got here and said he considers you the best at what you do in the league, because I don't think he's wrong, uh, and and we see guys all the time. Are, do you follow the lineage of special teams players? I guess, I guess Matthew Slater is the most decorated one in the league right now, but you go all the way back to Steve Tasker with the Bills 30 years ago, who some of us believe, I'm one. Ought to be in the Hall of Fame for the for what he did as a special teams player. He was a receiver. He was okay. He was a great special teams player. Do you follow all the lineage of all of that?
3: Absolutely. I steal from all of them. Yes, <laughs> yes. I've been stealing from Slater since I became a special teams guy. And I watched. I, I watched I watched. Asker, I watched uh, all these guys. Oh, um, I go up to Bones' room and, and watch this old film with, with those guys as well. Just, just people they coach and people and stuff they want me to steal from them. Uh, it's, you, you know, you steal from everybody.
1: What do you steal from Slater?
3: How physical he is. Um, just the way he, if he wants to get somewhere, he's going to get there with using two hands, grabbing people um, by the by the shoulder pads. Um, just, just the way he uses his hands. Uh, it's, it's something, you know, the refs really don't watch us out there. I, hate to, I hope they're not watching this, but the refs really don't watch us out there just because they're trying to get play over with. So, uh, you know, it's, it's an opportunity for you to not do something dirty, but, uh, you know, use, use an advantage. And, um, yeah, so I, I see how he does it. And, uh, and it's just tenacity just to get down the field and won't be denied. I I, I like that.
2: What's one of the little for for people that have never played special teams or never been on a pro football field? What's one one of the little nuances uh, that you could tell people that happen that they would have no idea that goes on? Like you know if you're if you're an offensive lineman, you can look at a defensive lineman's fingers, and if his fingertips are wide, he's leaning forward, so he's probably rushing. You know things like that. What's something on special teams that that you don't necessarily? Unless you're a student of the game and actually been in the game that pe- most people wouldn't know
3: well, one would be the field goal block <laughs> that I botched, I guess <laughs> <would be> the-, <laughs> 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 the oldest hand, yeah, that's something that's something that people don't really understand, and that's something I was getting vilified for because people didn't understand it, and um if they would have known, then they would have been like, okay, that makes sense, but um, so say I, like gunner or something like that, it's it's more of a, the leverage just fighting the leverage and, and, and seeing that it's, it's a run and then you, you uh, it's hard to explain it you got to be able to do it you got to be able to see it but there's a lot of little nuances to the to it that we learn every day from uh, say uh, coach Matt Daniels that teaches us stuff like that every day and uh, it's been working out for us we're, we're doing pretty good on special teams
2: do you talk trash at all as a special teams guy or do you leave that up to the DBs and the wide receivers?
3: Nah, they got it. They got it. There's people that talk trash to us, but uh, you know, we we just rather just just, just walk on them doing the play and then go to the sideline and say I whooped on him. <laughs> you know, we we try to keep it. We try to, we try to keep it cool.
1: Now, you know, a, a very rarely does when when you're a gunner. Frequently, you're double teamed, and uh, very rarely do penalties get called from that kind of activity. But you guys get mugged. When you're coming off the line, they'll do every damn thing to you to try to keep you from getting down the field, don't they? How, how do you learn? When you say leverage, is that all about leverage, getting away from, whether it's single or double coverage, uh, getting down the field, away from that?
3: Absolutely. That's, that's all leverage right there. Um, the rule is, actually, that if, they, if you're in the vice, so if they got two people on me and they get awful hands on me, they're allowed to do anything they want to me except put me on the ground. So they can, the ref absolutely stops watching this play because <laughs> they're they're allowed to really like manhandle me and and like do whatever and let, until I hit the ground. So we're taught to actually hit the ground if we get if we ever get caught in the bites to hit the ground. So they I gotta get off and then they just grab you again soon you get up. But <laughs> yeah, leverage. So if I'm going on, <laughs> you know I was gonna. It's a fight, man. It's a fight, man.
1: I, I'm glad you said that because I was going to ask you if you are, would ever be tempted to just like hit the ground and make the guy look at you. But then I thought, no, his his whole objective, his whole training is to get down the field. So he's not going to hit the ground. But you are coached to do that.
3: Yes, you're coached to hit the ground. I'm not going to do that because they're not <laughs> going to just put all four hands on me. I'm, yeah.
1: <laughs> so let me ask you this.
3: Do was, you— dude, like I'm,
1: do, do you, uh, you know, I've known uh, Randy White was a great player here, um, as good a defensive tackles I've ever seen. And he was, he still is, but when he started playing, he got into martial arts partially as a way to use his hands to get offensive linemen's hands off him. Do you study any of that or do anything even remotely like that?
3: We do that at practice. We do. Uh, we don't call it this, but wax on, wax off. So we just it the whole time. Uh, our coach, coaches, he has a drill. So where we run the sideline and we swiping the people's hands off. We kind of like it's a timing thing. It's there's there's a lot that goes into this, man. We're not just out there just running around. <laughs> but um, so it's a timing thing. You wait until this hand go up, and then you hit his hand. And he loses his his balance. It's it's a lot, man. It's it's actually fun.
2: You you grew up in in. Uh... Pennsylvania? Did you grow up a Steelers fan? Did you grow up watching football? Like, who, who was your team growing up?
1: I'm from West Virginia. I oh my bad. That clear.
2: How did I get that wrong?
1: <laughs> that's that's another Wikipedia <laughs> Miller oh, Lite for just you. Yeah.
0: Step right in that. <laughs> I
2: know what I was thinking? Yeah, huh? Northern
3: West Virginia. No, it's all, it's all good. It's, it's better than calling it willing Virginia. So, I will take PA over <laughs> Virginia.
1: <laughs> but were you that is that is uh, western uh, that that is kind of Steelers country. Uh did, did you grow it's, up a Steelers It's Very State? much
3: Steelers country and I, I hated the Steelers. I actually grew up a Cowboys fan. Did you a big really? Cowboys fan. How my how
1: how did that family. come to Family's be? Cowboys fan. How did that come to be?
3: Um my, my my uncle, my uncle, he's the he's like the the head of the family. Uh, he was a big Cowboys fan growing up, and then uh, they played the uh, Steelers in the Super Bowl, and I became a. And they beat them, so I became a still. I mean, my Cowboys fan then, um, just because we, you know, we, we hated the Steelers growing
1: up. So I'm just trying to imagine how many Cowboys jerseys have you sent to West Virginia in the last uh, three or four years.
3: A lot until I stop paying for them and make the people pay for their own.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Uh, okay, so um, tell us about the mindset of this team. We have got like about a minute and a half left. Uh, you 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 had a great, you had almost a dream like first couple of months. Now uh, reality has come setting back in. Various things happen. And fortunately, you've got a little cushion. But tell us about the mindset. Tell us about how everybody's feeling, especially with this unusual week going into New Orleans.
3: Uh, we're, we're feeling great, man. We we still got everything in, in front of us. Everything we want to accomplish is still in front of us. Um, we haven't we haven't lost a beat. I know we hit a little rough patch, but it's the NFL. You're gonna you're gonna lose some games. Nobody's nobody's perfect in this league. Everybody's good. Um, we're we're itching to go man we're itching to go and uh you know I, I think i think we have the the right pieces to, to, to do something special um to make to make some type of run and it's all about runs uh i've, I've been in a situation where i got to the to the super bowl and we we got hot at the right time and i think that's coming for us uh, and i truly believe that man we're we gonna follow back's lead and and We'll, we'll make something special happen.
1: I was going to ask you if you have spent any time telling your younger teammates, hey, I know what this is like now. Don't worry about it now. Don't worry about it now.
3: <laughs> I'm not that guy, but, I mean, they—they, they, I, I got some type of respect in the, in the, in the locker room, and, and they, they know.
1: Yeah, you got some respect in the locker room, outside the locker room, and our thanks. Uh, CJ, has been great to have you with us. Thank you, man. Appreciate you. Thanks, CJ.